Welcome to the podcast of JanetMichelle.com. Tune in and hear from women representing diverse business industries, sharing their glow up moments, imparting knowledge, and offering tips that support women in becoming the best version of themselves in life and business. This is a podcast you do not want to miss. Hey, 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 it's your blogger bestie, Janet Michelle. Happy New Year. (laughs) As we are halfway into uh, January, I am excited to announce our first podcast for the 2020 year. And on this particular podcast, I interview author Alan Perry. He is the author of Get Up, Get Out, and Get Something, A Message to the Incarcerated Black Man. It's an inspirational self-help book written for incarcerated black men, a cry of urgency for the readers to stand up and be competitive and to stand up and become men. Uh, It's highly suggesting that readers begin their journey of self-improvement by changing their attitude and and their way of life. Also challenging the readers to become positive and productive citizens in their communities. The text helps black men navigate in a country where they find themselves at the bottom of the economic ladder. This interview, it was very, 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 very informative. Um, It's nice to hear from uh, black men in particular about things that directly impact them because too often other people try and shape the narrative concerning their lives and so that's what I appreciated most about this particular interview with author Alan Perry so I hope you enjoy it check it out don't forget to subscribe to the podcast Uh, it's available on most platforms and tell a friend tell a friend tell a friend and happy new year once again and thanks for checking us out Hello, hello, beautiful people. It's your blogger, Bestie Janet Michelle. And here today, I have with me author Alan Perry, and he is here to give us some information uh, on his book, Get Up, Get Out, and Get Something. It's an inspirational self-help book written for incarcerated Black men. Hello, Mr. Perry. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. How about yourself, Janet? I'm doing good. I can't complain trying to stay uh, warm. (laughs) It's a little chilly and a little wet today, so I'm just trying to stay warm. I want to first off also, and I want to say thank you uh, for agreeing to do the interview. Um, I know, you know, you're busy and stuff like that, so thank you for taking the time out to hop on this platform and share this information with the listeners. I really do appreciate it. Oh, no, I thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And Happy New Year to you and your listeners. Thank you so much. So let's go ahead and hop right into it. Um, as I started out um, reading an uh, insert about your book, it's a cry. You describe your book as a cry of urgency for the readers to stand up and be competitive and to stand up and become men. Um, it's highly suggesting that readers begin the journey of self-improvement by changing their attitude and the way that they view life. So let's, I'm going to just start, start right out with it. What was it that prompted you to write this book? Because it sounds like a book that is urgently needed in the community. So what was it that led you to write the book? Well, it was basically life itself. I mean, just um, being where I'm at and coming from where I come from in my neighborhood in St. Petersburg, Florida, mm-hmm. and then my that I have already had because I've been incarcerated in prison four times myself. So I've been inside and see the problem and I'm outside and I see the problem and I see all these all these fathers missing from these kids' lives and I see kids headed directly down the route that we took and I was like, it's just mm-hmm. getting so beyond us. And I also 
being that I do a lot of studying and just looking at economics and history, I just see a big problem where we're just falling farther and farther behind. So what, for you, what was that moment where you had that shift, you did that pivot in life? Because we all have it. It's like, we may be going down a path and then we realize something happened. It's like, look, I, I want different and I want better for myself. When did that happen for you, for you to be able to look at your life in that time and realize, okay, I've got to do something different. Can you walk the readers through that transition for you? Like, when did you get your aha moment? Okay, it was like 2009, and I was fresh home again from prison for the fourth time, and my mom was answer, and I had been missing for like two years that time, and then it was like once I got home, and she was like uh, deteriorating anyway, it's like on her last hand, and uh, uh-huh. before she left, and it was just at that time, it was so much I had already been trying to do. And um, one of my one of my uh, motivations was to get her her own restaurant because she loved to cook. Uh-huh. So uh, seeing and realizing that that reality wasn't going to be able to take place, I just mm-hmm. did promise her at that time I wasn't going back to prison anymore. She didn't have to worry about that part. You know, I was through with that 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 type of life. And then it was like from there it was just staying out. You know, get my mind focused on staying out, finishing up my supervision because I was on parole. Getting okay. everything clear, uh, uh, getting myself into the workforce because I had always been uh, independent. So uh-huh. um, get in the music, I was in the music industry at the time, you know, local music anyway. Wow. But I uh, was always trying to do something independently. So I was like, I got myself in the workforce, just getting myself grounded to actually, you know, prepare for the journey. And I started studying more and more and more and as I studied more and more and more my eyes opened more and more and more and I realized that the incarcerated black man such as myself we had a job and we had a duty and obligation to try to help correct what's going on in our community versus continuing to uh, be the ones like uh, destroying it and just like back and forth without offering um, any guidance to the youth to help them not have to go down that route right right and that's so, it's so important that you mention that about um, black men becoming a part, if you will, of the solution and not the problem. And I know sometimes um, black men who do take that stand, sometimes they face, they can face criticisms, right, in the community because of certain codes that exist, if you will. Have you experienced okay. anything that, like, once you begin to, you know, seek better in life and pursue better in life and be better in life, did you face any, face any pushback or anything like that on your journey? Well, I haven't faced any pushback from anybody. I've got a lot of congratulations and a lot of support. Um, maybe I haven't gotten up the ladder high enough. I'm expecting <laughs> it, so because I see so many other men go through it once they do make that transition. And I understand the culture that we got bred within our neighborhood as to where we feel that we have to live up to a, a certain perspective that's been painted of us and not not necessarily of us. So I realize that, but I mean, I don't let any of that. I mean, I just don't even let it get in the way and I don't even... Um, I look. I don't say I don't look for it, but I mean I expect it that it may show up. So I mean, but for the most part, I haven't had anybody like, oh, um, 
Now you want to be righteous. And I haven't had that. So that's a good thing. Okay. That's definitely a good thing. And it's also, um, you mentioned that you were um, an entrepreneur and, you know, you kind of do your own thing outside of like a, the traditional way people may do things. So what is, what is it that you've kind of found a passion for that you continue to do to help you on um, your journey? Well, I actually went and got a degree in videography and digital media. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> um, I, um, and I always, that's another thing I urge the youth to continue the education. I mean, like, you just got to make sure you're going for what you need. Like, you don't have to, I'm not just saying get educated on just learn anything, but right. definitely learn what you and definitely learn what you're passionate about. So I do videography and do a little photography also at the time, but uh, to try to maintain myself, because I started my digital media company, Digital okay. Bounce Media. And okay. I'm just really uh, trying to, like, that's my passion. My passion is to be creative, and I'm also going to have, oh, I got a few more books going to be coming as well. Okay. Well, that sounds good, definitely. Um, I, I think it's so important, definitely in uh, this day and time, because media it is so important and often I know I've lamented that we have to control the narratives of our lives, especially black people. And I think this is extremely important when it comes to black men, because too often, unfortunately, um, people that don't look like you, they try to tell your story and they have for years and they don't always mention the ones that mention the good or give a balanced perspective. They're small in number. And their voice is not, you know, they're small in number or it's not done frequently. So for you to be a black man to enter the digital space and, you know, and to write books, it's really, it's, it's a much needed thing because you get to control the narrative about your life and men that may look like you, you know, or have been through similar things as you, you get to paint that picture and someone else doesn't get to tell your story for you, which is so important (laughs) like you cannot it's so important so um definitely kudos to you for you know going back to school and choosing a a degree in a field such as digital media because it's really needed it it really is it it really is would you um would you agree with that okay yes yes i feel like that is very important that um for me, it was very important for me to tell my own story, to be able to paint the picture exactly how it is and not uh-huh. how the picture been painted. And I mean, I know it's like, um, this book, it's a short book, but it's like, it's straight to the point and it has enough information in it to like, to get the, uh, get my point across and to get the narrative out there. And I mean, I totally agree with you. Like people have always told our story for us because we haven't been in the position to tell it ourselves or we haven't been willing to go against what they put out against us or those of us who have it's like you mentioned earlier it just hasn't got enough like people haven't heard it enough but you know we're in a new day and time right now so it's it's more and more people can hear more and more stuff like this Right. And so going back to a little bit about uh, about the book, what since that is the purpose of our interview, (laughs) what exactly if you can kind of slow walk us through the book and what the readers uh, can expect when they pick up this when they do pick up your book, get up, get out and do something. 
Okay, okay, so yes, the book is entitled, of course, Get Up, Get Out, and Get Something. <laughs> uh, message yeah. to then, pretty black man. And that was kind of like my narrative. When I sat down to write the book, it was like, it was my life that I was, my life journey that I was going through, but I know so many other black men are going through the exact same thing because they come from the exact same conditions I come from and then they've been placed in the exact same incarcerations or incarceration type environments. And it was like, we got to get up, meaning we have to wake up consciously and become uh, involved in what's going on in our lives and not just keep letting our lives uh, uh, be controlled and just let, letting somebody else just make all the decisions on what happened for us and not being attentive for our kids and for uh, other youth, you know what I'm saying? And then for us to uh, get out, that was to like, get out, like get out of there, like get up, get some understanding, you know what I'm saying? Wake up, become involved, like educate, like uh, uh, get involved in, in, in researching and, and reading and writing that, like just get involved in other stuff other than playing cards, playing sports, playing dominoes, and just like we doing that, we spend a lot of time just sitting around talking and gossiping and like mm-hmm. it amounts to nothing. So then we have to, it's a struggle while you're in there because even though you got whatever amount of time you got, you have to meet certain criteria while you're in there and you have to do certain performances to be able to get out at that time or your time can get prolonged or set by. Or you can just get it, get jammed up, maybe catch another case or just always end up in confinement for being in there, maybe for a rebellious spirit or, you know, not wanting to go along with the authority, so to say, when they tell you to do something. Sometimes you feel like, Man, I'm a man. I ain't got to do it. But in there, you and they, you're like that's their playground. Like you on, you on their home. Like they call all the rules, so you can play strong and bold. But at the end of the day, we know that they run it and they rule. So get out of there. Don't keep setting yourself up for failure. And then when you get out, we have to get something, and not just when I mean get something. I mean uh, get into the workforce if you have to, but. Try to get, uh, we have to create business and we have to become businessmen. That way we're competitive. Yeah. We're working, we're really not competitive. We're just getting up, making sure that the company or the person we work for is uh, that, 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 that their agenda is getting met. So mm-hmm. as long as their agenda, ours can get met, unless we're just an individual who is just simply out for self and who don't care about what's our, uh, uh, the type of condition our community is in and what we face. But we get out, we get something, we control, we try to buy some land and resource. Like, we have to understand the game of, of politics and, and, and to understand the game of uh, uh, capital, uh, mm-hmm. having capital. Just how this stuff works, and we really don't because we're not used to that. We're just used to somebody else doing it, and it's and we don't even worry about it. And that stuff has really put us in a messed up condition, and as as not just black men, but for the race. And then it's the man's job, I would say. That's how I feel to stand up and try to correct it, and not to just like we just get so boisterous about not like the um, flamboyant stuff like uh, gear, clothes, and cars, mm-hmm. and fashion. We get so caught up in that, and we get that so much attention right. that we don't give this up stuff attention. And our kids, whether we understand it or, or, or notice it or not, they look at us, and they mm-hmm. adapt to our way. Yep. So that was trying to explain to the black man, and I was doing it, uh, not just the black man that's incarcerated, because there's a lot of black men out here that haven't been incarcerated, but they're still like, 
there's non-existence when it comes to the community, the youth, okay. uh, legal affairs, legal affairs. So it don't matter. But so the book can be uh, also an inspiration to a black man like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's just we have to get up, get out, and get something. And and like I say, become competitive. Like we can't just sit back and just keep thinking that the conditions are gonna fix themselves. And I know that's what mm-hmm. we've been trying. That's Kind of like the way we've been trained, you know, we've been conditioned to think that way. So it's yes. kind of hard, kind of hard to, uh, it's, it's like I kind of get a scenario. If you raise a pit bull with a bunch of poodles, that pit bull is going to think it's a poodle too. And mm-hmm. so one day it may, it's a pit bull. And then when it do realize that it's a pit bull, it might have a totally different attitude than it had when it thought it was a poodle. Mm-hmm. But as long as it's a poodle, it's going to be harmless to anybody. So I use that same scenario. Like we've been trained to think a certain way by how somebody wanted us to think. And the scenario has just been pushed and rolled. And we basically have grabbed it and rolled it ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we have to drop that. See that at the door when you're coming out of that's one part of the uh, message I try to get across to to the guys and just like when you come out of there, like let it be real in your mind that you're staying out. Let it be real in your mind that you're going home to, you know, to get something. And I try to just put it in their minds from in there because I know in there you're dealing with in there. Like the mm-hmm. kids out here, like these kids are fatherless. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like whether we right even for people who fathers in there stay in contact with their kids. The kids will still father because that father is not there in the house to enforce whatever he's teaching mm-hmm. them and telling them. And it's a strong pull out here from like just the mass material that comes out. And it's like you can't compete against that from prison with your children. You can barely compete against that here. Like so many mothers are losing parents in general. Lose to social media, losing to the video game, you know, like just losing to that whole mass that, that material, like I say, the material that comes out from there, from that mainstream that our kids just are so heavily attracted to. We got kids who are cold. I mean, these kids are so poor and broken, they don't have anything, but on, on social media, they like to have everything. Right, so right. People, yeah, so other people, other races see this. And be like, what are people like me talking about? Like, we at the bottom, we don't have nothing, we don't like, they see, they don't see the whole picture because, like I said, we let somebody else paint the picture for us and we took it and rolled with it, like, yeah. And I mean, that's just, that's just the main thing about the book. Like, it's, it, it, we really have to understand our condition as a race. Like, I need the black man to really understand that it's bigger than what we think it is. Because when I really started looking into it, I realized it was deeper than I even thought. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's a good <laughs> point about the condition of our youth, uh, particularly and how parents are losing their kids out to different things. The suicide rate has increased, uh, particularly for um, African-American children. Um, you know, it's just all gun, uh, gun violence. Yes, you know, things happen. Crime happens everywhere, but you know, gun violence is a particular issue, um, especially in in the black community. And it just makes me wonder if they really could understand, you know, what it's like. Like they don't have to walk that path to understand what it's like. And the book 
can give them that lesson without them physically having to go through the process. And, um, and and if they get to that point of self-improvement, self-empowerment, then do they, do they think twice of, for example, about shooting, you know, do, do they now think twice about pulling that trigger because now they feel hopeful they have something to live for, you know, they see themselves different. So the way they resolve conflict previously it doesn't look that way now. No, I am somebody. I have a life to look forward to living. I don't have to end up, you know, in prison. So no, I'm not going to pull this trigger. You know, hopefully uh, the book can have that type of impact on someone because uh, on particular on these black men, because it's so desperately needed. It's almost like when you look up and you see another child um, lost, um, to gun violence, it's like it takes a piece of you because it's that's the community. That's still that's the community. Yeah. The person pulling the trigger is a part of the community, and the person receiving that bullet on the other end, they're all part of the community, right? And yeah. one is plucked away eternally, and one is plucked away, you know, in prison, and it it, it hurts the community. So if as they can, as a whole, right? They they because the number one. Um, the first phase in strengthening a community is family. It's having family stability, right? And so to have a book that sort of opens that door, it, it gives them a peek, like I said, without them. To, it, I'm just thinking, in, giving an opinion. It's almost like your book gives them a peek into that life before they have to, have to actually get into that life. And so yeah. I just think, again, it's a phenomenal thing because the way that um, our black men, they, the way they handle conflict and look at certain things, I, I do think that's something that needs to be challenged. And not that it's not, but if a, if your, a book such as yours can offer them that glimpse and then the end result be, you know what, I'm going to change the way I handle this conflict, then that's a, that's a win-win situation. So I guess that's yeah. all I'm trying to say in a roundabout way. <laughs> Took a while to get there, but I got there. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Right on the, like you were right on the head with that. You like and just to piggyback off of that. It's like it also, from the way I feel, like because I mean I'm being here, like I know so many people, and like the majority of the people I know here, like we all basically come up in the street, you know, and it's like our kids need to see. People like me and, and, and others who came up in that, they need to see us doing intelligent stuff. They don't need to just always see us thinking like uh, patting our chest because we uh, beat somebody up or because we survived the shootout or had a shootout or because we went to prison or jail and survived it at home. Like, we don't need to be, let them think that that's the badge of honor they need to get. We need them to see us writing books and, and making a uh, 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 strong, intelligent material. And, and even with that, like now with the um, the whole media frenzy and the YouTube, like, we don't need to just make a bunch of negative stuff. Like, let's make positive stuff, too. Like, we have to show them different ways. Like, if they just see all of us doing negative, or the majority, I'm not going to say all, but if they see the majority of us doing negative stuff and they see us beating our chest, like, yeah, I'm a man, then this what they think. But that's not being a man. Right. You know what? That has nothing to do with being a man. But mm-hmm. just because it's like that, and I feel like some of us have to wake up to it to be able to express it to them 
and like you say, offer them a chance to give them a glimpse of it without them having to go down that route. So it's like you don't have to get to the prison, and and really, you don't even have to go to the street. Like, we have to explain that to them and give them another avenue. That's why I said if we can get something, we'll have something for them. Like, right now, we don't have nothing. Like, it's so far and few who can, who black people, who black men, in terms of actually say, offer employment to the youth. And it's employment, employment like, different varieties of employment that they want to do and that they're attracted to. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I see a real... That's like a real big challenge, but we have to come up with other um, avenues and present other things to them because right now what they have is the exact same thing that we had presented to us, and it's like we enough of us don't didn't take the little positive ways because it was too much negative that just seemed so right and just felt so good just because basically how stuff is run here. But we gotta try to break that. We gotta break that cycle. We gotta we gotta get these kids, like you say, other they get other choices, so to say. They have to have other choices. They the only choices can't be what the choices are or has been. Like they have to have different avenues because we see the results of from what the choices have been. And I just had a current, uh, a long, extenuous conversation with my eighty five year old auntie last night, and she uh-huh. was explaining to me about her husband. My uncles, my dad, like the whole generation doing, like it's been the same thing. Wow. It's been the same thing. And I'm like, that is crazy. I knew this from studying, but just when you can get it, like word of mouth from somebody who's lived through it and who's old mm-hmm. enough to remember it, it just opened your mind so much more, so much more. Wow. So what do you have coming up as far as any events or anything like that? Where can they purchase the book? How can they find you um, in the realm of social media? You care to share those type of things with the listeners? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, as of right now, I'm just going around. I'm still in my city, St. Petersburg, Florida, but I'm uh, branching out with the book. I'm doing radio interviews, and right now I have uh, my next thing will be coming up with Reverend R.J. Stevenson. He has uh, He's a pastor over at uh, New St. Paul Church in Tampa, and I'm coming in either, I think it's in two Sundays from now, okay. to come in. I'm coming in to speak to the boys. He has a thing of youth boys there. I'm coming in to speak to the boys, and uh, he's purchasing uh, so many books for his, you know, for his crew, and he's also going to put the book in the library there at the um, at the chapel. So I'm basically just really just putting the book out, spreading the word. I have a, a YouTube channel under Dally Boy D A L L Y B O Y Perry P E R R Y Dally Boy Perry. That's my YouTube channel. I'm putting out a lot of positive content under that, and I also have a lot of content about the book on there. Mm-hmm. I also have a like. Facebook under Dally Boy, the author, as D-A-L-L-Y-B-O-Y-T-H-E-A-U-T-H-O-R, Dally Boy, the author, that's my Facebook-like page, and I'm also on Instagram under Dally Boy Perry. So, I mean, my book, as of right now, it's available on Amazon. You go to Amazon.com, you can search the book, get up, get out, and get something by Alan Perry, and the book is available for only six ninety nine. You can also order the book from there and then ship it to your ship it to your loved ones who may be incarcerated. 
from straight from Amazon. Prisons have no problem accepting stuff from Amazon. And I also, in the city of St. Petersburg, have books available at TET Salon, 1614 Central Avenue, 337-12. And I'm also have books at the trunk. I'm old school. I have books with hey, me. Hey, pop so the trunk can... on them. <laughs> <laughs> pop the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Now you're also you mentioned that you're going to be speaking. So can how can they reach you if they want to book you for a speaking engagement? Well, to book me for a speaking engagement, the best way to reach me is at my email, which is Alan Terry A L A N Perry P E R R Y seven seven at gmail dot com, and I also can be reached by phone at seven two seven. Eight five one two seven eight one, and also at that number you can uh, purchase books, and I can uh, you can cash app. You can purchase the book through cash app, and I can personally ship the orders out. Okay, all right. Well, anything else you wanted to leave the readers with, uh, the listeners with, before we concluded this interview? And once again, thank you so much for doing the interview. So before we go, any uh, last thoughts or anything like that? Um, I mean, I would encourage any single moms listening to uh, be patient, have patient, but be firm. And if you can, to purchase the book for your teenage son, for your young son, put it in their life. Also, your daughters, because there's a lot of, of our females right now, our youth are getting incarcerated by the boat blows. And these are females. Mm-hmm. So this book can help them. And I mean, and then if you're just a, a black man, I ask you to take time out and read the book. Even if you don't, just take time out to understand that we have to change some things. And I thank you again, Shanette, for having me. I wish everybody well for 2020. And y'all just look out for Dallas Boy Perry, or Dallas Boy the author, or Alan Perry. He all the same. And all I right. am. <laughs> and y'all be up, man. And peace to everybody. Okay, well, thank you so much. Again, I do appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that subscribe button and share what you loved or learned with us on Instagram at Janet Michelle blog. Stay in touch by joining our Glow Up Game mailing list at JanetMichelle.com.